Welcome to the Comparing Notes podcast. My name is Andy Wolf, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Ryan and Glenn. And we are happy to be back with you after a little bit of a hiatus. Uh, we always start off our podcast uh, to have you get to know a little bit about us and our three generations uh, with a question. And so, guys, we've kind of been on summer uh, break. And so I'm wondering if any of you have ever written that, what did I do on my summer vacation essay? And if so, do you remember it? What did you write about? Um, uh, or what was memorable about it? Uh, any of you guys ever write one of those? I'll start. Uh, yes, I'm sure I did. And I always had crazy summer vacations growing up. Um, this summer we had quite some fun. We, as a family, or, or I, I would say this, I'm trying to lead my family in the direction of being mountain bikers, something that I've gotten into, something that my wife uh, has gotten into, and then our girls somewhat begrudgingly they like it every once in a while. But we uh, took a fun trip out to Bentonville, Arkansas, which uh, I know some people think there's nothing good in Arkansas, but I can tell you there's one good thing, at least in Arkansas, and that is Northwest Arkansas, which is Bentonville, Fayetteville. They call that the mountain bike capital of the world. I got to go out there and spend some time mountain biking with the family. And it is a beautiful, small town, small, um, small town feel. So we spent some time as a family out there and they got to see some college friends. So kind of reconnected after 15 years. Um, so got to do that as, as vacation. Uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll keep it at that for, for now, but Glenn, how about you? How was your summer? Yeah, well, not only did I write those way back when I was a student, that my wife is a language arts teacher, or at least she was until this year, and so I've had to read all of theirs and uh, and help her grade those. So, yeah, this summer was uh, talk about a generational difference. For me, it was just a, a wonderful smattering of time with the grandkids, and so just being able to get away from whether it's Charlotte or Birmingham, Orlando, wherever they're at, uh, just being able to enjoy that time. Went to a conference, got to host a golf tournament for the first time. That was a lot of fun doing that. Had a blast. And uh, yeah, just traveling, enjoying the grandkids and uh, hitting that hitting that conference and the golf tournament are the things that stand out for me. Well, I too wrote a few of those essays. I remember, uh, I don't remember anyone specifically, uh, but it was a, a good summer for us, a busy summer. Uh, we had a vacation down to the beach, probably one of the hottest times I've ever had at the beach, um, at the beach. And it was in the high nineties most of the time. And so I actually, you know, did the the lobster thing the first day and didn't really go back to the beach because uh, <laughs> it wasn't that really that pleasant after that. Um, but there were some things that we'll talk about here in a minute that happened at the beach and, uh, and some good things, uh, but uh, definitely it's been a life-changing summer, including another trip we'll talk about here in a minute. So guys, I know it's been a long time since we've been together, and I know all of us have experienced some life change. And so I figured what we do today is instead of uh, maybe talking about a ministry thing, maybe just talk more about life and it's going to lead into ministry and connections. Um, all of us have had some significant events happen in our life over the course of the last few months. And so I uh, thought maybe you could share about that. We could ask some questions about it. And maybe as you're thinking about those life events, maybe what are one or two things that God's been doing in you or with you as you've been uh, been going through those things? So um, who'd, who'd like to, to throw it out first? Well, I'll go first. Um, it seems like forever since we have uh, gotten together like this. Uh, do, 
have I told you guys what I'm doing with the rest of my life? I mean, I, I'm, I'm <laughs> I, I, I mean, here the here's the almost seventy year old asking, you know, talking about the rest of his life. So but, you figured out what you're going to do when you grow uh, up? Finally, it, it it has come. So you know, I'm retiring, quote unquote, retiring at the end of this year. But it really isn't retiring. I just knew it was going to be a reassigning. But I really didn't know what I was going to be reassigned to. Have I told you that story of of how I'm how that came to be? Because I don't want to. Well, know. we knew you. You were retiring. We know you're headed out. Uh, your wife retired as well, correct? Yeah, that's another part of the story. Yep. Okay. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the story and tell us what. So God's here's, doing here's where it's at. People are always asking me, Glenn, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And I'm saying, well, I'm in good health. I have a lot of interests. I'm. I know I'm going to be doing something. I just don't know what. I'm just kind of taking it easy, wait and see what the Lord's going to offer. And so I'm just doing my normal uh, devotional. I, as you guys know, for the last three years, I just copy scripture every day on one, you know, one <clears throat> five to eight verses worth of scripture and just kind of play with that. Well, I was in my favorite book, Romans. I was in my favorite chapter, 12. I came to verses uh, 11 and 12, and I'm reading, Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. And so mm-hmm. I'm I'm reading that thinking in the context of, of this year in retirement, saying, Well, yeah, I there's no reason that I should that I should that I should slow down, that I that I want to keep my spiritual fervor, my spiritual vitality up. So next year, 2024, my first year to think about this. So what Lord, what would you have me do? And so I got a piece of paper out, I put 2024 at the top, I put initiatives underneath that. And I just started to list different things I'd like to keep doing. And just like that, nine things just kind of kind of rolled off. And I go, uh, and then the Lord prompted, well, maybe you should pay attention to what a friend of yours said about a month ago. Where he said, well, what my father did when he got to your position, he just started a nonprofit. And the nonprofit just kind of collapsed all of his uh, interests into that. This way he didn't have to pay for it out of his pocket. And he just kept doing it. So I thought, well, I've started nonprofits before. And, uh, and I get to name something. So that's great. And so uh, what am I going to name it? And I looked down and I saw 2024 initiatives. I go, well, you know, it's descriptive. Um, it uh, would kind of let everyone know how long it lasted, you know, two, three, five years, whatever. But I thought I'd really like to have a name that's a little had anchored in a little bit more than that. And so uh, I, I read uh, Matthew 2024. And this reads, when the ten heard about this, they were indignant with the two brothers. I go, well, that doesn't really do me any <laughs> I don't want to be indignant to any brothers here. Uh, Mark, as you guys know, doesn't have a chapter 20. Luke 20, 24 says, show me a denarius whose image and inscription are on it. I go, well, that might help with fundraising, but other than that, it doesn't really lend, lend, lend me any help. Uh, John 20, 24 says, now Thomas, one of the 12, was not with the disciples when they were together. That doesn't really work. But then I got to Acts 20, 24. And hmm. you might even be ahead of me here. This is Paul speaking to the Ephesian elders. And here he says, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. I go, well, that's it. I got goosebumps. Hmm. You know, I was high-fiving the Lord. and and just saying, yeah, that's exactly what I want to be about until I can't be about anything anymore. And so, uh, so I started a nonprofit called the uh, 2024 Initiatives, and uh, just got the 501c3 uh, uh, approval, and uh, putting a website together that's not complete yet, but it's uh, ready to go, uh, pretty close. 
And so I'm very excited about to just moving forward. And, and basically, it's just uh, I just want to leverage my experience and my, my networks that the Lord has graciously given over all these years to help equip younger pastors toward hopefully a greater influence for themselves. So that's where I'm going, I think, with my life. And, and it was just a really cool uh, a time. I mean, you know, it only took like 20 or 30 minutes. And, uh, and there, there it went. And then add to that my wife's retirement, which uh, uh, has, you know, it, as people will tell you, it kind of hits everyone a little differently, but it hits you all the same. And so this is, she's a teacher. So these are the first couple months she hasn't been working and our sleeping patterns have changed. Our eating patterns have changed. Our recreation patterns have changed. And I'm not going to say it's, it's not necessarily for the bad. I think it might be for the good, but it's just different right now. So we're trying to trying to get ready for that. So guys, I've had a little bit going in my uh, rolling around in my head and heart since we last talked, and uh, you'll be able to follow these adventures here as we keep doing this. And you're a couple months away from trans. You're in the midst of the transition from exactly. retirement. Yep, my successor is getting close to being named, hopefully, and I'll go to the very end of this year. Wow, that's a lot of change in the Schreiber household in a six-month period of time. Well, Andy, I feel like it, it should just go, you know, one generation to the next and stay in order. So I think you're up. Well, uh, in some ways, things are the same. Um, you know, life continues and ministry continues to go forward. Um, but uh, some significant things have happened. I said at the beach, um, my second daughter got engaged. And so we, at this point, are about uh, a month away from uh, having our second daughter married and being out of the house. So all of the flurry of activity that's happening to uh, to get all the pieces, every major piece is in play, but now it's all the, the little bitty things and all the pieces of drama and shoes and clothes and all that kind of stuff that's happening. <laughs> Um, I've said that, it before. I find it awkward. I find it interesting that the first major event that happens in a couple's marriage is to plan a party that brings both sides of the family together and have to appease all of the major voices. It's just it's quite comical. Yeah, it's a uh, it's been great. Um, I, I'm really excited for them. And uh, but it's definitely going to be a lot of work. Um, so that's coming up. Uh, I. Uh, uh, signed up and am in the process of reading through books to take my first doctoral class um, in about good. another six weeks. Um, so I uh, realized that going back to school after almost 20 years is uh, quite a challenge. I haven't read like I've read um, in uh, in quite a long time and realized the, uh, the things that I have to read are not always things that I want to read in this stage. Uh, hopefully as I go on in the program, that will probably change a little bit, but uh, yeah, just kind of getting back into that, that mentality uh, has been interesting to, to kind of shift a little bit. Um, and then the, the other major thing that happened was uh, took a, a trip to Africa for the first time and uh, was able to go on a missions trip with an organization uh, that I've been with before Global Training Network, and their aim is to train uh, indigenous leaders and pastors uh, to uh, to really minister, uh, especially in the majority world. Um, so the majority world is kind of what we would think maybe as the third world, um, but where Christianity is exploding, but leadership is not happening at the same rate. And so um, was able to go to Rwanda and was there for uh, 17 days uh, training about 
40, 40 to 50 leaders and pastors over the course of two weeks in two different locations. Um, what a wonderful place and a great experience. Um, uh, just just an amazing group of people and what God is doing there. Um, I, I think if we as Christians, especially as American Christians, if we don't put our head up and look and see what God is doing around the world, we're going to fundamentally be skewed uh, in our view of Christianity mm-hmm. um, because the numbers are just staggering. Um, basically, in the next 10 to 15 years, Africa is going to be a majority Christian country or Christian continent. And yeah. uh, and so this the, the need there um, is is staggering. Um, but, you know, it's it comes with all kinds of different challenges. Um, you know, we were my my buddy was training them on the the person work um, and gifts of the Holy Spirit. And uh, just to talk about that in a, in a context of Africa, we were working uh, one week with all Anglican pastors. And we generally think of probably in our circles of Anglican pastors as the, you know, frozen, chosen, uh, uptight, mm. you know, buttoned up kind of group of people, but not in Africa. Um, and, uh, and just trying to help them understand the work and the gifts of the spirit. And what does that mean? Oh, is not only a challenge, but is a needed, uh, a needed thing. So we're already, uh, kind of, strategizing what 2024 looks like and uh, the possibility of probably going back to Africa, maybe even Rwanda, maybe Burundi is a, is a real possibility. So uh, excited about uh, those things and and what's maybe coming up in that, that arena. That's really exciting. It is. I feel like Andy, um, you should provide a shout out to your traveling pants. Cause I know heading up to this thing, you talked, exclusively about or heavily about them. And I just want to know how did, how did the traveling pants turn out? They were amazing. I don't know if you guys have, <laughs> have, have figured this out or not, but um, they make these pants that I, you know, I'm not a big hiker, but they're kind of like hiking pants that are, you know, water shedding material, you know, non odor. So, I mean, these things are just awesome to, to travel in zippers and then I even found them in the short version. So I had traveling shorts and traveling pants. So, <laughs> and, and you don't have access to a lot of uh, the modern conveniences. So you wash them in a sink, you hang them up to dry, and they're dry in like an hour. So they're the best things going, man. If you don't have a pair of traveling pants, you need a pair. <laughs> I'm, I'm on Amazon right now. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'll send you a link. There you go. I'll, I'll take it. We'll put it in the show notes, I guess, if we can do that. <laughs> That's right. Well, I also had a pretty kind of life-changing summer. Um, I uh, started the summer out with kind of what was going on behind the scenes that we I wasn't talking about with some conflict at uh, my church between me and the the leadership and a very long story short. I ended up actually uh, resigning from my position as senior pastor at Community Bible Church in June. And so I'm currently sitting in a very odd seat for me where I'm, as I'm looking at these two uh, gentlemen who are in full-time ministry, and I am not. I'm currently residing in the seat of a nine-to-five job um, and just kind of looking longingly from the outside in. Uh, but I definitely can tell as much as I didn't anticipate being in this seat and not being in full-time ministry at the moment. I can just see the Lord's hand on it. Um, And it's been 
really interesting actually and rather kind of uh life life transforming both for the family and for me and for spiritually i i i realize and i'll just i'll, I'll just share this one antidote about it pastors often say that we shouldn't make what we do our whole identity and um you know we've preached on that i preached on that and i will tell you i woke up one one monday morning after kind of that that time of my life was done and i went uh oh i was a hypocrite because it was just really it was a good thing to kind of have um kind of who i was be in one sense tore apart in my own mind of like am i is am i loved by god and loved by people because of what i do or am i loved by god and loved by people because of who god calls me at as a child of god and so yeah i'm um because as far as the haskins are, are concerned i stepped into just a regular nine to five at the moment really praying for what the lord has for us next um, it's been interesting being in that seat. I definitely have far more compassion for for lay leaders that have to go to work at 8 a.m. and take that hour lunch. The loss of, of flexibility has been interesting. And then work a long day and then show up to church that evening or show up on Saturday mornings. And um, I just understand kind of what that, what that weight is. Uh, and then at the same time, it's been a blessing being in the church, being in in another local church, we jumped into a local church here in town, um, kind of the first time um, in my life that I've had an opportunity just to walk in and sit and rest and be in a place long term and be there long enough to, to quit thinking, oh, this is how I would take this back to my church. This is how I want to implement this. This is how I want to apply this. I mean, I definitely have things that I've already like, OK, one day, Lord willing, I, if I get to do that again, I want to you know, say it in this way. But um, it's been it's been good. It's been good for uh, for me and for my family to kind of uh, go through this. Uh, notwithstanding, it's also been hard at moments. So yeah, I think big life change and still trying to figure out what the Lord has for us next. But that's where myself and my family's at. Uh, so I. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I'd love, I, love I, to hear I, more. I'd love to hear no, more. I, I, well, I don't. I, I, I'll probably have to have some questions to to say more. Um, you know, Glenn, it's interesting as as you and I have just as a group, we've texted very briefly this summer, and and knowing mm -hmm. um, your transition mm -hmm. out of one ministry job, and then to hear that you've landed in in a in another ministry job, which is totally not surprising. I you know I I completely anticipated that. It's it. I I would love to just to hear kind of as you've had to deal with this kind of loss, and I want to maybe use mm -hmm. my words with you, but loss of kind of what you once did in this role, and kind of that thought process as you've gone from. And I don't want to project my language onto you, but the loss of the one thing to then finding kind of this joy of this nonprofit, or just the joy of understanding. Okay, this is what the future looks like. Love to hear more about just kind of your heart process through that transition because i know so many people like myself who are a long way away from retirement but are going through similar transition periods well it does test your identity i think you obviously put your finger on that right away uh, thrust into that and and so it does test that part of uh, of our walk and do we believe it or not and you know, you don't know what you don't know. You think you're going to do okay, but but you don't know until you're faced with what you are now faced with. Um, if I had, if this would be 
a, a year from now and I still didn't know what I was doing, that would be that would be a test for me. So I'm grateful I didn't have to to live through that. But I think you just you know you're you, you just take the the, the challenge of uh, of taking all those things that we have preached, uh, that we have read about, and that hopefully we have learned, and now you apply it to this situation. So, okay, you still have gifts and talents. You still have spiritual gifts. You mm-hmm. still have longings and desires to be used by God and to be pleasing to Him, to wake up every day and be obedient. Uh, because you're out, out of the pastorate doesn't mean you're still not a part of, the, of, of needing to be obedient to the Great Commission. So just how do I make disciples? How do I come alongside and encourage people, but doing it from this bent rather than another bent? And, uh, and just it, 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 it thrusts you more than differently. I was going to say more than ever. No, it just thrusts you into a different position of dependence. And every day saying, okay, Lord, what is it today? What do you, what do you want to show me? What do you want to tell me? Uh, whatever it is, help me be courageous enough to follow it. And help me to be patient enough to wait for it, and uh, and just just take that next person, that next situation, in step, and and see what you're going to have uh, for me, and and what I can do to to be you in front of these people that I'm with today, whether it's nine to five or whether it's in this position. Andy, what do you what do you think about all of this? Well, I'd be curious from you guys. Both of you are in major life change, and I'm kind of wondering what what are maybe some of the things that you're doing to try to find equilibrium again? Because I know for me, maybe it's partially my personality too. I'm always, I like routine. I like to kind of figure out when I go through these big things and things are disrupted. It takes me a while to kind of, you know, get my sea legs and figure out, you know, what what it is that I'm doing. But But maybe what's one or two things that you guys have been doing to try to find that equilibrium again? Yeah, let me jump on that and then direct it back to you, Ryan. So I've been using this line this summer that sp- my spiritual dis- spiritual discipline saves lives. Uh, very much like we like we discipline our kids to look both ways, to watch the the traffic lights uh, when we're driving, to make sure that we're we're looking through our blind spots, all that kind of thing. You know, it's our spiritual disciplines, our time in the Word, our times praying, our times fellowshipping with others. Those things, those those disciplines save us, uh, or can keep us grounded. And if they're not in our lives, then you know we can go a little tipsy turvy. So, you know, you're in one rhythm as the pastor, and you have your office, and you have your books, and you have your message. What have you learned about yourself in the spiritual disciplines, and how they've been able to come alongside and 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 give you some of that stability? So that when the Lord does want to speak, He has an avenue to do that through those disciplines. Yeah, I I completely under, like resonate with the idea of rhythms and structure. That was a that was one of the biggest changes um, for me, and even podcasting at home. So if you hear background noise from me, that's just because family's around. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, I had this like. I had these expectations where I, where I had these opportunities if I would go to work and I would sit down and I, I would have the opportunity to study the Bible for my job. I would have the opportunity to 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 be able to create this space um, inside, let's say, a quote unquote work day where it's I'm filling myself up as well as I'm I'm preparing to fill other people up with the word. 
uh, and I found just an, an immense sense of um, uh, uh, instability and, and really just kind of this uh, this struggle with my equilibrium because I'm like, okay, that all those rhythms were completely blown up overnight. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And for me, Glenn, I, I just resonate with the fact of like I it was the first time in a long time I was like, I, I, I'm not thinking of the Bible in kind of two ways. And I think this is the, the fault of the pastor where it's as much as we say, we can have those moments of, okay, our, our own daily Bible reading. But in the back of our head, there's also the, I have a sermon I have to prepare for. It's coming on Sunday. So I better have something. Mm -hmm. So we're always thinking about that, which keeps us close to the word and keeps us kind of in that mindset. And then it just stops. I don't know what to do. It was, it was tough, but really good because then it allowed me to reorient myself towards scripture in a way that I hadn't had the opportunity to for the last 10 years because I had been actively preaching once or twice a, a week for the last 10 years. And it allowed me to kind of refocus towards the word where it wasn't this, what am I going to tell uh, say to other people, but it's well, how is the Lord going to speak to me? Um, and how, what, and how am I, what am I going to get out of it? And not even like, reading for the next section or reading for supplementary reading, but it's like, I'm just going to read. So I've actually, I, I've transitioned my, my Bible reading time to driving to work in the car, listening to Bible on audio, mm -hmm. because I, I was like, why don't I listen to it in like just long form in the, in the story form. And I totally switched versions. And it, and it was for anticipating of like, I, I almost like I want to be able to hear this with fresh ears. Like I've never heard it before. And so just having that freedom to kind of take, take all of that on. Um, so getting that structure, but I, I also think for me, it's the Lord has been very gracious with my transition. Um, because in hearing about how pastors have transitioned out of ministry, you can go through this, this, uh, this desert moment where you're not in the church, you're not around friends, you're not reading your Bible, you're kind of jaded towards those things. And just by the grace of God. And that's the only reason I, I think he's protected me from that and it's allowed me to, um, uh, you know, jump into a really good church here in town and just sit on Sunday mornings and go on Wednesday evenings and be excited about the things of God again, again, not from the position of pastor, but from the position of congregant member. Um, it's, you know, he, he's, he's allowed me to kind of have to deal with some of those tough struggles of, of who am I? if I'm not doing those things. Um, but then he's been gracious of giving me a job. So giving me something to do because as men, we're not made to just sit around. We're made to do something. And so he's been able to, he blessed me with just like a job of like, just go, go do this for now and sit and rest. Um, so those are just kind of the things of as my own, as my own soul and heart were in angst, I was able to just kind of settle on, on God, on Christ, but on some structure. Yeah, a couple thoughts, and Andy, I'm talking too much. I'll let you jump in after this, but I'm thinking you as you having been a pastor, I know is making you a better nine to five employee. And I know that mm. you being in this, going through this period of your life will make you a better pastor. I'm confident of that. And so I love that for you and for your journey. But I also know that you're not going through this alone. You're not, mm -hmm. the, you're not the only one that's been affected by, uh, by this change. Uh, your wife and, mm -hmm. and the rhythms that she has with you and, and, and all those, her own identity of being the pastor's wife and, and now not and the kids. 
So uh, there's a lot of places we could go with this discussion because of what you've had to uh, uh, had to handle these last uh, number of months. Andy, what, what thoughts have come through your head? Well, and I'm sure it's something that we're going to come back to at some point, um, just just to uh, kind of recap some of those lessons and, and some of the things that God's doing. But I, I'm just, I'm both encouraged and convicted by you guys um, to hear some of those things because, you know, still sitting in the seat of there is a sermon coming on Sunday, um, even in some of the things that I've been thinking about and reading, the need for uh, a connection and a relationship with uh, God just individually. And that sounds probably weird to some people to hear a pastor say that, um, but, you know, not the professionalization or the sermon of sermonification, if that's a word, of, uh, of our time in, in the word. Um, just even thinking about a friend of mine that uh, saw last week that was on sabbatical over the summer and just how long it took him to stop thinking of sermon illustrations and pieces as he read scripture through his sabbatical. Um, and just remembering that my, my own need for that, um, is it is encouraging and convicting. So I appreciate you guys sharing that and encouraging in that direction. Yeah. Well, guys, it's been a great conversation to catch up and hopefully those that are listening, um, have been encouraged and, uh, hear a little bit more about our story and we would love to hear more about their story. And so feel free to reach out to us if you, um, want to share about maybe the transitions that. God is putting into your life, but uh, we're going to close out this one as three ordinary pastors in three different generations talking about life and ministry, and we're looking forward to recording some more episodes and being back with you next time. Thank you for listening to the Comparing Notes podcast. If you'd like to contact us, you can do so by emailing us at comparingnotes at gmail.com.